Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Commitment Matters. Well, today's episode isn't going to be the easiest to listen to. It describes a nightmare scenario from an agent who was one of the victims of a ransomware attack. And I will say that we desperately hope you never need to utilize any of the information you hear here today. But we wanted to bring you one agent's story in hopes that their experience might help you avoid being underprepared if this kind of worst case scenario happens to you. Jill Bunch is president of Columbia Title, and her agency might sound very familiar to yours, especially right up until the day that all of her digital files were taken hostage by a ransomware cyber thief. Jill was gracious enough to be interviewed about their ordeal so that you can best protect yourself before, during, and after something like this happens. As Jill walks us through the days that followed, the steps they walked, the things they learned, you might want to start a checklist of things to inspect now, questions to ask, coverages to validate, and perhaps you might even start constructing a mock outline of actions you would take in the early hours and continuing days after such a dizzying event. Having a playbook to refer to during what can only be described as all-out chaos could really help you keep your focus where it matters most and avoid needless delays or missteps. I can't thank Jill enough for being open and honest about what happened to her company. She certainly didn't have to share her story. But she felt strongly that if she could help even one agent get prepared for what we all hope we never have to experience, then her story will have had some positive outcomes for our industry. So Jill, thank you for sharing. We appreciate you and welcome to Commitment Matters. Unfortunately, our conversation today is largely a public service announcement to other agents about when a nightmare scenario happens, what's the experience like, what are sort of hard fought lessons learned. And you're so brave and we're so appreciative that you are willing to come on and talk through step-by-step what happens when a nightmare happens to you. In your case, you were a victim of the recent sort of headline-making ransomware attack. I think it's something that a lot of agents worry about in the middle of the night if they're unfortunate enough to be awake, but they can't really imagine it happening to them. It happened to you, so we want to talk about that today. But before we get to that, I just want everyone to get to know a little bit more about you and your company Tell us about your branches and, and your staff levels and what was life like before this unfortunate event? Just tell us about your company. So Columbia Title is only in Indiana. I love all the calls that I get to expand over the state lines, but you know, it's just not something I really want to do, but I do appreciate the calls that I get to do that. So I'm an Indiana girl. Columbia Title has been around for 35, 36 years. We've had a lot of successes. We've had branches that have opened and branches that have closed throughout the years. If you could see the physical layout of our branches, when you walk in, you walk into a full service kitchen and we serve hors d'oeuvres and snacks for folks that come to closing. Sometimes I have to confess, we do buy donuts. <laughs> but all of our branches look alike. We have a production office that helps us process our files back office. And so our branch folks are there to greet buyers and sellers and real estate agents uh, for their most important real estate transaction. It sounds like you take not only your brand very seriously and you offer consistency throughout your offices and other things with regard to that, but you also take pride in your levels of service. 
Oh, for sure. It's very important. We want to make sure that people are relaxed when they come to closing. We want to make sure that they experience something that they don't forget and that they always remember that they closed their transaction at Columbia Title. Yeah, it sounds like you guys make it special. And you're an independent agent. You have three underwriters. Yes. So one state footprint, soon to be six offices, three underwriters. Do you feel like a pretty typical agent? Oh, I think I'm extremely typical. So at some point along those 35 years, you made a business decision to select a hosting provider. Before that, was your servers and your equipment kept in-house? Were they on-premises for you? Or how did that go before? So we hired a local IT company to help us with our computers and our servers and storing our data and taking the little hard drive out with all of its backups on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the monthly and oh, and then we take them home or whatever the protocol was at that time. So yes, we we did that. And then, you know, this thing called the cloud came around. I sure didn't understand it, but it became pretty important that we go through the transition of all of the paper files that we used to have and the rows and rows and thousands of folders that were stored in a rolling file cabinet in the basement of some buildings in Lafayette, Indiana. It was kind of exciting on those days when we got rid of the paper files because it's very physical labor to do that. And just to have all of the shredding trucks lined up down the street on the curb to get your 25 years or 20 years at the time files and listening to all the noise. But that was a time that we chose a cloud host provider. That provider has served us extremely well for many, many years. I don't have any complaints there at all with our host provider. I love this part of the story because you guys did everything you were supposed to do. You looked at the expense of not only maintaining the equipment, but the square footage in which you had those paper files. You knew, by the way, that they were at a different kind of risk because if there was a fire, even if the sprinklers came out and put out the fire, the sprinklers were going to ruin those paper files. So it's not as though, I mean, we tend to romanticize sometimes those old paper files, but they're at a different kind of risk. So you got them all digitized. You did everything you were supposed to do. You said, all right, we need to probably up our game when it comes to things being hosted. We don't have to have our main server at risk in our main office at risk for fire, earthquake, whatever. You did all of the right things is the point. Yeah. And so, yeah, you had a little parade. The the shredding trucks came and you said, okay, we have stepped into the modern age. And so you had years and years of that going very, very well to your point. This can happen to anyone, right? It sure can. I've heard that phrase so many times since July the 16th. Before July the 16th, it was buy your insurance, follow best practices. Every year, review your hardware. Every year, review your insurance. So yeah, you know, I've learned so much in my travels with Alta and with NS3 and with our underwriters on you know, a path to making your business as successful as you can. And part of that certainly comes with picking a cloud host provider, which is not an easy task to do at all. No, no, it's it not. is not. No. All right. So let's zero in then on because <laughs> life can be divided into before July 16th for you <laughs> and after July 16th. So let's drill in and look at July 16th. What happened that 
morning when you came to work. Walk us through that day. Well, it was a pretty normal day. I pulled in the parking lot and came in the office. Most people were here and they were standing around and I was listening to some chatter. I hadn't turned on my computer yet. I knew that I couldn't access my email on the phone, but I hadn't turned on my computer yet. Of course, it didn't turn on. So I went out to talk with some folks that were here and we were just, I don't know, I don't know. Nobody knew anything. Nine o'clock it came and people were coming in for closing and That July 16th was on a Friday, and so a pretty heavy closing schedule. Most of us have closings prepared the day before. And so Friday, closing-wise, it wasn't too bad. But of course, we were not able to print checks. We were not able to make any last-minute changes. And it was about... 11 o'clock in the morning when I got the word that there was a ransomware attack. And that also confused me because I wasn't feeling that here. I just didn't know why the stuff wasn't working. It was hard to believe that I had a ransomware attack. And then they said, no, 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 no. Columbia Title didn't have a ransomware attack. Our host provider had it. And that really caught my attention because I'm like, okay, so how do you process that I didn't have that attack, but somebody else had that attack that affected me? People were explaining how that works. And so I was catching on, catching on, still catching on and watching customers come and go and my staff listening to them talk to our real estate clients and our lenders who were here. And I hadn't had enough time to really prepare something to my staff in all of the branches on what is it that you tell clients and what is it that you tell people when we can't give them their money? That's such a good point because did you just round it up to we're having tech issues? We're sorry, because even if you know it that when you become aware that it's a ransomware, is that necessarily the best thing to broadcast fire in the crowded theater of a busy closing Friday in the summer? I mean, how did you think through that? Some folks were describing that we had been hacked. Some folks were describing that we had a ransomware. Most folks did not describe that it was a third-party vendor. That went on throughout the day. The weekend came and I was getting calls from my friends across the United States, people trying to help out, people wanting to know what was going on. That's when I really started sinking in that it was a third party. It was one of my vendors and which caused this thing. And so I kind of felt better that, oh, good, it wasn't us. Yeah. Sure. It wasn't us. So now what's the message? And so I reached out and got some folks to help me out with a message to my staff that was delivered to them on Sunday and also reiterated with them on Monday. And this is how you present it. So scripting was prepared and then we had to think about scripting for our customers that can go out in writing. There was a lot of curiosity about it and there was a lot of empathy about it. 
And then the branch offices started getting flowers and candy and lunches from real estate agents and loan originators. It made a lot of difference in that, okay, they understand. I don't feel like I'm going to lose their business. My closing agents were expressing a lot of sadness, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, I don't know the future. That was on Monday. On Tuesday, we were developing a plan on what to do. We had realized that we could access some pipeline information. There were some other vendors that we used that helped us know what monies we had been holding in escrow. That was a tremendous help to us. And each thing that we discovered on Tuesday really put us in a much better place than we really thought we were on Friday and over the weekend. So you're kind of looking across our puzzle that we had put together for closings or, or title orders or whatever that were in flight just disappeared. And so you had to stop and think, it sounds like, who has pieces that we can use to reconstruct? I imagine your realtors had some pieces, your lenders had some pieces, some other providers that you work with had some of the financial pieces. So you then had to start sort of cobbling things back from wherever you could into, it sounds like you had gotten a a, a fresh blank database from probably your software provider. And so you just had to start pulling things back in from all these different places to try to reassemble them back into a, a new, probably not very highly configured system and, and just sort of take little bites at these big apples. Is that what it was like? Yes. Then once again, we started creating paper files. Of course. I think now that You know, there's a 12-step program. Maybe it's not 12, maybe it's five, maybe it's 20. There's sort of a step program that prepared Columbia Title for July 16. And part of those steps include our vendor providers. They became very important to us, as always, but in a different light that day. So that was truly discovered on Tuesday morning about that kind of value and how lucky we were. And it became one of the steps. You still had no idea whether you were going to get your data back. If so, when? What condition it would be in? Is somebody going to ask you to dig into your pocket and pay ransom? And then even if you do that, when you get it back, what sort of condition it's in? It was hard for me to believe that I wasn't going to get my data back by Tuesday. I just didn't believe it. Because you thought, what the ransom will be paid. The data will come back, it'll get popped back into my system, and we'll be back in business. I just thought it would just go away, you know? It would just go away, and then we'd be back in business. And Tuesday afternoon, it was becoming a little bit more clear to me that it wasn't going to just happen overnight. And so I really started thinking about what am I going to do? What are my next steps? And one of the first things after I realized it's not coming back right now, is I knew I had to get a new bank account. I thought about not getting a new bank account, but I wasn't quite sure what to do. I was a little bit confused about it. And I just had to sit and think about what am I supposed to do? What what are the right things to do? Getting a new bank account is no walk in the park. And you certainly don't want to open that door if it's not absolutely necessary, right? Well, that is exactly right. And that became another step. So I picked a bank many years ago, a small bank, 
and they own their own print shop. So they opened an account and by Tuesday at 5.15, they had delivered to me a stack of hundreds of checks with my new account number. As we needed more checks, they prepared them. We sent them to all of our branches. They were writing checks now for commissions and payoffs. Wires, you know, weren't too affected by it. We were still able to wire out payoffs. So the commission checks were a pretty big deal. We have a wire out fee for that. that We don't usually wire real estate commissions, but then they had a wire in fee for that. So many of them opted to not have their commission checks by wire. So we were able to start issuing commission checks a little bit after five on Tuesday. One of our underwriters who was able to pull together some closing statements for us for closings that weren't finished or closing statements that weren't finished yet for Tuesday and Wednesday and a little bit on Thursday. Then we brought another software in and we were able to get up and running on that by Thursday. And that was the beginning of trying to put some rationale behind what files are really going to go to closing. We had to take an order, which files do all of the branches need right away. And that whole strategy, a lot of people had a lot of different ideas on how that process should take place. Some people thought that we should recreate pipelines based upon the day the order came in. Some people thought we should probably reach out to find out really when something was going to close. You're right, Mary, we had to reach out for documents to come back to us, title commitments, purchase agreements. So we worked through that. We worked through the weekend to recreate hundreds of files. I also believe that it would have been a lot easier if we had had a fire because we would have had a database to recover in that case. Well, right, because if a fire had, God forbid, happened in one of your branches, yes, your data would have been there and you could have sat down at a Starbucks or outside with folding tables like early COVID days and done closings out there and people could have done title work at home. This is an entirely different scenario, right? It sure is. And I think for me, it was just hard to believe. The shock factor was hard to believe and I didn't understand what a ransomware attack, I didn't understand that you know, the attacker really, truly just wants money. I thought the attacker wanted my data. And then I went on kind of a roadshow. You know, I went to some real estate agent offices and talked with agents in their group meetings and explained to them the best I could that it was not ransomware attack on Columbia Title, that it was truly a third-party vendor. And I had to give them examples of the programs and apps that they use. What if those companies had a ransomware attack and that's where your data is? And really, that was the first time that our clients, our real estate agent clients, began to understand really what happened at Columbia Title. First of all, the fact that you had the foresight to when you're in the middle of that crap storm to go out and face to face, tell people, here's what's going on, even though you didn't entirely know what was going on, but you could at least say, this is what it is. This is what it's not. Here's what we're dealing with. And by the way, here's what the equivalency would be in your world. It helps them start to frame it up better. Also think about 
their risk and their vulnerabilities. We pick on the realtors because they're, oh, just send that to my Gmail. And so you had an educational opportunity, not only about this situation, but how these sorts of situations can really impact our daily bread. Right. That is exactly right. They did acquire a greater understanding. Isn't that great? Well, and the degree to which there was any whisper campaign by a competitor or just people that didn't know, you were setting the narrative now. Yes. Even though a lot of it ended with the dot, 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 and we don't know. We don't know how this happened. We don't know if we're getting the data back. We don't know. There was so much you didn't know that I would think that a first instinct would be to stay in the bunker handling the air traffic until you did know some things. And I think that's so important that you went out there and said, I don't know everything. Here's what I do know. Here's what to think about this before counter opinions could form and set up and become accepted. I'm using air quotes here. Fact. All of that was very important and necessary and should always be a part of any recovery plan. And that wasn't just me. I mean, it was all of my branch offices going out and visiting real estate agent meetings and giving information. So you have to think about what that script looks like when you have five or six locations of folks. We want to have the the message be the same. Nobody had any trick questions for us. And nobody came and said, did you think about this with a ransomware? Did you think about that? Nobody did that either. They really took it as a learning experience for themselves. Because thank God, (laughs) I don't think anybody else listening has been through this. Certainly not any high numbers of folks. So at this point, do you guys have email operational or is that a no as well? Well, on that Friday morning, July 16th, we didn't have our software, we didn't have our email, and we didn't have our phones. So my staff communicated with their cell phones and a lot of paper was coming in the door for sure. So what we did have though was internet. Yeah, okay. And so you brought in those other pieces of the puzzle that way. Yes, we sure did. We sure did. And you could still log into, say, a lender site and download packages. And yes. There, so there was some of that available. If you could remember your username and password. That's right. If you could remember that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So we've moved into the next week. At some point, you thought, I probably have an insurance claim here because I'm sure the first few days you were just waiting for the data to come back. Like you said, somebody's going to pay the ransom or I'm going to get asked to pay ransom. Something's going to happen. The data's going to come back. And at some point you had to start to realize, yeah, I might need to have a different expectation. So walk people through that thought process in your mind. Yeah. I never thought about contacting my insurance company on Friday or Saturday or Sunday or Monday. Never thought about it. No, you're just trying to get work out the door and figure out what is the situation here. Yeah. So Tuesday morning, I'm sitting at my desk and it had just popped in my mind. It was about 10 o'clock and I thought, well, what should I do? What am I supposed to do? Boy, I don't want to call an insurance person. But a couple hours passed and I decided to pick up the phone and make the call. And was it a general insurance company? Did you have a separate cyber insurance policy? What's that scenario for you? We have our business insurance. We have our E&O insurance. And we have a separate cyber insurance policy. Once again, you did everything you were supposed to do. Good girl. I did. I did. And I did it when I was supposed to. So I have a very old, five years old, 
Oh, ancient. I have a very old cyber insurance policy that I got from a separate insurance carrier than my business insurance carrier. Okay. And I called my agent. I honestly don't remember how I told him because I was stuttering a lot about it because I wasn't sure what to do. And so he listened and he said, do you want me to file a claim? Well, that was weird. I didn't know. Do I? Do I have a claim? Am I damaged? What would it mean if I did? Yeah. What does it mean if I did? How will somebody look at us if I filed a claim? Oh my gosh. When I fill out our E&O policy renewal every year, they always ask about claims. Oh my gosh. What if you had a car accident, then your premiums go up. So all these thoughts were going through my brain in about 30 minutes time. And I said, I don't know. I don't know. Am I supposed to file a claim? Is this the time to do that? And he said, let me just open a claim. Okay. So that seemed different than filing a claim. So he did. And I heard from my business carrier the next day. So that was on Wednesday. And just a few hours later, I received a nine-page denial letter from my business insurance carrier that I couldn't understand it. I tried to read it. It didn't make sense to me. Well, oh, I read it. And I'm like, oh, they've denied a claim on my policy. But they've also denied a claim on eight endorsements I had to that policy. And why? Oh, I never heard of this. Well, my goodness, I don't have third party coverage in my business insurance policy. Okay, so any third party that had an issue that in this case, your data happened to be housed at in control of that was not a provision of inclusion in your policy, you found out right then. I did. It took about, I don't know, five business hours Mm. for them to tell me about this third party insurance. Did you throw up? I mean, what happened? (laughs) What was your reaction? I don't know. I think I kind of shut it down because at that time as well, I didn't really understand if I had a loss and what it was and what it's derived from. Sure. I didn't really understand that at all. So I moved on. Okay, fair enough. So now this is five, six business days later. Okay. I get a phone call from my cyber insurance carrier claims person. And he told me who he was. He told me that he had received this information from my insurance agent. And he wanted me to describe my July 16th, he did tell me that he had other clients involved. We talked for a couple hours on the phone and he got a lot of information about Columbia Title and a lot of the information that you and I have sat here and talked about. And then I didn't hear from him. I didn't know what to do. I sent an email just checking, seeing what's going on. Keep in mind, I still don't have an understanding of my losses. I don't really know about this policy. So he sent me an email and he wanted to have another meeting. And so we did. Uh, He asked me a lot of different questions at that point that were more targeted to how much money is this 
really costing you. So you have this extreme amount of overtime rebuilding files. You have files that have canceled. You have loss of money that I'm spending to recover and rebuild. I'm sure you did some financial make nices to people in the market when they had a delay. Was there a question about the inherent value of your data that had gone missing? Or was it just, what are you having to come out of pocket for? They were really zoning in on what did I lose? What really did I lose? Because I was going to get it back. Sure. So what are just your interim out-of-pocket costs is what the focus was? Yes. Okay. Got it. We ended that call. And I followed up again the second week in August. On that phone call, he says to me, you know, Jill, I, I think you have a claim. I said, but how come my other insurance carrier denied me? And he went on to describe, and I was writing notes feverishly. He went on to describe, well, Jill, you are one of the very first buyers of our cyber policy. And so your policy is very broad. It's got a lot of nice language, a lot of nice expansions of coverages. It was issued at a time when we didn't ourselves understand cyber losses. Okay, okay. This is so important. I have to put a big pause here because I think when you first said we have an old policy of cyber insurance, old being five years old, people are going to go, oh, no, it's not going to cover this. Therefore, it's going to be excluded. And it actually was exactly the opposite because exclusions have come in during some of this interim time that did not apply to your ancient five-year-old policy. Yes, that's right. So he said, well, you have a more broad policy as opposed to a more restrictive policy. So I'm like, okay, well, I think that sounds good. I think good. So he worked really hard. He had other claims and he is still working very hard and he's following up with me all the time. I feel very comforted to know that that policy that I bought, which I will have to divulge, the first year that I bought it, it was $499. Wow. And now it's, you know, multiple thousands. So back when you bought it a million and five years ago, did it feel at that time like a belt and suspenders move, like you were just being extra careful? Or did you realize the segmentation between the two policies? Like, If you could think back that far, did it just feel like you were being extra cautious or? Well, I was being the best, best practice student. I was supposed to have one. I had no idea that I was supposed to have a separate one. Because I'm not sure I ever learned that many of us have an endorsement to our business insurance policy for cyber coverage. What I know now is that endorsement is not really a kind of policy or kind of endorsement that's going to help. It doesn't have third party coverages on your business insurance. And so having a separate policy is what I got. I also remember the day that that person came in to visit me to do my renewals on my business insurance, he had a piece of paper. It was like a half a page. And he goes, you know, we are now offering this cyber insurance with this particular carrier and they know a lot about it. And I remember asking a few questions and they didn't know the answer. And I thought, okay, well, I think I'm supposed to do it. So I'm going to do it. Best practices would tell me if I'm checking my best practices, I'm going to say, Opt in for that coverage, yes. Yeah, yeah, 
Yes, so I did. And that's really how it happened. And every year when I get my renewal, I get this quarter of a page piece of paper. It says, is your business still Columbia Title Inc.? Is your address still what it is? Is this still your tax ID number? And how are you going to pay? That's all that's on the renewal of this very broad policy. Yes. And critical policy. Yes. Listen, this is where you are giving such benefit to our listeners. What needs to be done different at the annual renewal for all the business lines, especially the cyber insurance line? If there's anything that I want to get across today, it's ask about third-party coverages, ask about a separate cyber policy. I have done a little research going back in time, reading articles. You know, I'm kind of sad to report that There is nothing that I can find in all of those articles that talks about third-party coverages for cyber. So that is really critical that people understand that they have a separate policy and or they have third-party coverages on their business insurance or business interruption insurance. Walk me through what's changed on the policy or at least show me my coverage. So if I have to redline it, I mean, I'm no expert, but at least that, but you don't traditionally in the past haven't seen those. So you just assumed everything is fine. And you assumed I'm at the highest level of coverage because I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. Right. And yet. And yet. Well, this makes what we had to do during COVID look relatively benign. I mean, we had to figure out new things in new ways, but you had your data, you had in large part your people, you had, you know, your consumers with their drive still going, their demand. So that's one thing. This, the closest thing, I guess, I can relate from my own experience at the closing table and running offices was, it sounds a little bit like 9-11 in the days following. So while you don't have the whole nation in upheaval and fear, uncertainty and doubt. We had to give people a lot of the same answers that you did, which is, I don't know. Because at that point, loan packages were all coming on FedEx trucks. Well, that requires an airplane. Funding, you know, the Fed was shut down. Uh, So we had to do a lot of, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. But also you had to try to keep limping along and keep going because you couldn't afford, you know, a big backlog. At least back in the day, we had printed out two-page HUD forms that if we scared up a typewriter and there were three or four in the basement, we could do it that way if we had to type check. That's not today's reality. That is exactly right. Talking with these insurance carriers, they'd say, do you have your insurance policy? I go, I was another great student. When I scanned all my files, I scanned all my files. So my insurance policies are in the ransomware. Hopefully you have a copy of my insurance policy. That's what I said. I want to cover a couple more aspects for people who are learning vicariously through your (laughs) ordeal. So what are things like now? Do you ever get your data back that was ransomed? So we did get a drive that we were able to begin downloading data into a new server last Thursday. Because you had to look at it and make sure it it didn't have some malware or Trojan piece of garbage embedded in it. The crazy thing is, Mary, we aren't even at that point yet. It was plugged in on Thursday. We expected it to be five to seven days for that data to be finished coming to our new server. Only to find out yesterday, no, we anticipate this one's going to be done around the 18th of October. 
Because there's got to be such care. It's got to be loaded up into a totally sequestered sandbox where it can't hurt anything. If there is garbage in there, it's going to be gone through to see what's there. And then our software has to come into this new server. And then we can see what the data is. Mm -hmm. So you've been running without that Historica data this whole time. Yes. And so guess, I don't even know how many requests we have for policies. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah. So people call all the time. How you doing? Are you able to do policies yet? No, they've been very patient, very understanding. I can't really imagine what happens on a lender side when they don't have a title policy from their closing. I don't know what exceptions they are making, especially when those loans are sold in the secondary market and there's no policy, but they are doing it for us. You got to figure they're holding them for you in portfolio, right? Well, they might be. I don't know if they also got an exception to sell them in the secondary market without it to have a follow-up policy coming. But so yeah, those requests are coming in. We don't have access to any prior data and it it's going to be a lot of work to catch up when we do finally get our data. We, we have very high hopes that it's going to be good and clean data. Knock on wood for that. And so with respect to your insurance claim, is that still in flight while you continue to tabulate your losses or how's that going? Yes. So you get up to a year, I believe, I could be wrong about that, to formulate your actual losses and claims. And you do, in my case, I don't know if everybody else is experiencing this, but we hired outside counsel to help us get our recovery data back. Okay. And we also, for the claim part of it, I, Jill Bunch, cannot submit to the claims folks my personal assessment of the losses for Columbia Title. But I can have that done through a financial consultant. So there is also that expense that our carrier wants a separate account, so to speak, of what our losses are and a certification of that. Now, is the fee for that professional recoverable from your policy or no? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, good. But you have to go out of pocket for it, I'm assuming. Yes. The council is billing the insurance, our cyber insurance carrier directly, and our financial consultant will probably end up doing the same. He is actually coming here on Thursday, and he's been working with us for several years. So he has also a lot of historical information on our P&Ls and our balance sheets and our order counts and closing counts. But I was thankful that even though he and I have a relationship for his consulting, our insurance carrier will definitely take his submission of what our losses are. So with all this hard-won wisdom, what Either would you do different than you did previously or what will you be doing different go forward? Because I think other agents would love to take out their pins at this point and start making notes. So with your hard won wisdom, what should it look like? One of the things that we could have done better is not have our data and our backup at the same company. So are you going to be keeping a physical backup in your shop now or are you going to do like a hybrid? How are you going to handle that? We are meeting with another company next week, and I don't want to make a bad decision there either. So 
That decision hasn't been made. A decision to have separate has certainly been made. Yes. I think it's so, it's so necessary. The other thing is this time has allowed us to really revet some of our vendors. Do we want to go back to the software? Do we want to continue working with those vendors? What is the difference between their value today and their value when we first engaged in their services? Those discussions are taking place now. You know, I do question this paper file on some things as well as an electronic file. I'm wondering what is the harm in having some file cabinets with information that you need? If something like this happens, you need your business documents. You need your insurance documents. It needs to be on paper in some format. I can say I'm not a fan of total electronic stuff anymore. And I'm probably never going to be that fan again. Of course. Of course. As much as it frees up the real estate in your offices, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Right. I'm sure anyone that had been through what you've been through would come to that same conclusion. Yeah. I think that learning the right questions to ask the tough questions. It's no longer for me because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because now I know that there's this language called broad coverages and restrictive coverages. So I'm going to learn a little bit more about that. And I'm going to ask a lot of hard questions about that. Because if I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times, this can happen to all of us. And so if it can happen to all of us, it could happen again. So I want to make sure that I have If I'm going to buy a cyber policy, I want to make sure I have the best, the most broad policy that I can buy. Why spend the money otherwise? And I'm guessing your annual review with all of your insurance agents is going to be a little bit different go forward than it was previously. It's going to be much different. I like, as we all do, when you like people that you're working with, you want to stick with them. But I like having a policy of more broad language. So if my carriers can't provide that now, I'm going to work really hard to find one that will. When folks see you out and about, know that obviously you're still up and running. Things are good, but things are very not back to normal. No. We're rooting for you that your data comes back clean and that you'll be able to have a good restoration there because there's a lot of value in that in and of itself, your priors and and all of that. Oh, yes. And I know this is not easy to go through, but I, I also can imagine it wasn't super comfortable to talk through this today for the benefit of other agents. I know confidently you have saved at least one person from going through the heartache that you went through because they're gonna hear this conversation, they're gonna take those recommendations and they're gonna apply them prospectively to their business and they're then not going to have to endure what you did. And that, madam, is a public service for which we are grateful to you. Thank you, thank you, I'm happy to share it. Can you imagine? I know you don't want to, no one wants to think about something like that happening to them but we all know this type of threat is only increasing, not diminishing. So if you can, form a SWAT team now to talk through what your steps would need to be during those crucial first hours. Have a plan that will help you keep your footing. 
know who is in charge of each element of managing and recovering, of handling air traffic control, and issuing your messages to lenders, realtors, and the community at large. If my conversation with Jill raised any questions in your mind that we did not answer, she said you could feel free to reach out to her, and her email is, of course, linked in today's show notes. And speaking of show notes, if you don't have a habit of checking into those each week, maybe go back and give them a look. We work hard to deliver lots of additional information there that complements our guests' thoughts. Until next time, keep your head high and your pencil sharp. Remember to ask all the questions, even if the answers seem obvious. And of course, be proud of the fact that what you do really matters.